This week on Prepping 2.0. My job, regardless if I like it or not, regardless if my fan likes it or not, is to step in front of someone who's about to die. And if that means I'm going to die, then, well, that means I'm going to die. I signed that check ahead of time when I was in the military and the special operations community, and I've done that job and this job for now almost 30 years. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in 3, 2, Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. One of the guests you love the most, Keegan Williams, is back to update you on where police morale is and to articulate how there aren't enough police to save you during the collapse. Knowing how the police will react during a crisis is a key prep, and you'll be hearing it straight from the horse's mouth. And as always, remember, the only thing harder than planning for a disaster is explaining why you didn't. One of the things that you can plan for near disaster is how to have potable, drinkable, healthy water. That'll come in handy. Oh my gosh, ask uh, folks in the Middle East right now how that's going. Well. That's not. Yeah, so, we're not going to talk about no, that. No, we're not. Pro One Water Filters, though, can help you with that in your home. They can provide for you just a countertop tank. That's a gravity-fed system. They can provide for you filters for your current plumbing system. It's a whole home or just collapse situation where you just need water right now. I encourage you to go check them out at our website, prepping2-0.com. Click on Friends and Affiliates, and you'll see them over there. Top 100 items that disappear first. This is a list from Bosnia Survivors, available on our website, prepping2-0.com. Under the appropriate heading, top 100 list of things. This week, it's number 35, clothes, underwear, jackets. Obviously, you need them, especially if you live in a place where it gets really cold or really hot. This is one of those things on the list that I don't necessarily disagree with because these are things that Bosnia survivors found go the fastest. So you got to kind of give the credit to experience. You know what I mean? You have to respect experience. But I think that clothes are going to be relatively common. I think a lot of people have extra clothes that they don't use. And I don't think it's like a scarcity situation. I mean, it's a good thing to have around and to have a plan for, but I'll be honest, this isn't in my top 10 list of the 100 items. And I think most Americans definitely almost have too many clothes, but don't go wasting space, I would say. Don't go out and buy a bunch of Journey concert t-shirts and then, you know, store them in a box because number one, nobody likes Journey. Stop. And and number two. Stop. Hit a nerve there, I think. Yes, you did. Anyway, close. There you go. Top 100 list. Well, here's what you missed from a recent after show if you're not a Patreon. When he came off the ventilator and we were recovering from COVID, mullein tea and dandelion root tea, those are two things that grow as weeds on our properties around the country. But I'm spending eight or nine dollars a box for the tea. And I'm throwing in a mint tea bag in that to make it a little bit more flavorful because mullein tea is kind of heavy. There's so much more to this show than the regular show. Find out what you're missing for a mere two dollars a month. That's what it costs to be a patron. How do I improve my listening experience, you ask? Well, you go to prepping2-0.com and click the Patreon button. Well, let's get into it. Most Americans will be shocked to learn that during the collapse, law enforcement won't be there. And when I say most Americans, I don't mean this listening audience. You guys already know this, but you want to drill down on the details. When I say most Americans, I mean the unprepared, dependent folks out there. You won't be one of them after the show. Our guest is one of your favorites, Seattle Tacoma area Deputy Keegan Williams. Thank you for joining us, Deputy Williams. Oh, thank you for having me on. And uh, a note if you were a Patreon, or if you are a Patreon, and you came to our family reunion uh, over Labor Day 2023, you met Keegan. And to my surprise, he was kind of popular. He's not a very cool guy. So I was kind of pleasantly surprised that people felt sorry for him maybe took him under his wing or under their wing and uh so anyway no but seriously he's a fun guy and he was there and a lot of people were putting a name with a face yet another reason to be a patreon yet another reason to come to the event at our house every labor day we open up our house for lots of you and we have a really good time people get to meet each other it's very positive but hey this isn't a show about the family reunion this is a show about policing in 2023. So with that, 
Let me just introduce the topic, policing in 2023. Let's start off with this question. I'll use 2019 as the before year because the George Floyd stuff happened in late May and early June of 2020. So what are some changes you've seen in policing since 2019? Starting in 2019, I mean, law enforcement wasn't, um, it was still reeling from the whole, the hands up, don't shoot lie that was created in 16 with the Darren Johnson shooting. But we were starting to recover from that. I mean, the atmosphere when it came to law enforcement uh, and citizenry uh, was starting to improve. I mean, you still had the whole Black Walk, which then turned into Antifa. You still had the every year on May Day uh, riots up in Seattle, Tacoma, and Olympia. I think that even that started to taper off because in 17 or 18, I think it was 17, in 2017 was the biggest since the WTO riots in Seattle, 17 was probably the biggest uh, Mayday fiasco. And then after that, it just started dying off. I think people got sick of the, having these riots don't really cause anything except trouble on one day. And then after that, people forgot about it. So I think it tapered off after that. So in 2019, I think we're starting to go back to a positive outlook and people wanted to be police officers. And there was a little bit more respect towards law enforcement. And then the, I'd like to cuss, but the, Please don't. George Floyd thing happened. Yeah, I won't. The George Floyd thing happened. So that set us back again. Yeah. Yeah. And a question for you. We've all read about post-2023 or post-2019, I should say, all the retirements, people in law enforcement quitting, uh, law enforcement in blue areas, moving out to rural areas. Talk about that and give us some rough numbers from your department and give folks a sense of the brain drain, for lack of a better term, after 2019. Yeah, sure. So our sheriff's office was after 2020 or 2019, so we'll say 2020 when the actual shift occurred, um, you had the huge defund the police movement. You had in 2020, in the elections, you had a lot more blue Democrat or um, socialist people elected in our, in my area, in the Puget Sound area. There was a lot more socialist or Democrat people elected to school boards, city councils, county councils. So then they started changing all these laws. For an example, there's three tiers, right? There's the social contact. There's what we call a Terry stop, a reasonable suspicion. And then there's probable cause. Well, they changed laws so bad that I'll go back a little bit. The reasonable suspicion means you, you believe a crime is about to occur, is in progress of occurring, or just occurred and you have the right to stop someone and they're not free to leave, right? It's not an arrest, it's a detention, there's a difference. And they took away reasonable suspicions. So unless, so for example, if going past social, you had to be, you had to be at probable cause before you could stop someone uh, to investigate a crime. So if you are just assaulted by Shelby, I had to contact you first before I then went and stopped Shelby from leaving anywhere, which was absolutely ridiculous because by the time we contact you, Shelby's gone. And so then there was a lot of, instead of in custody arrest, there was a lot of investigation and then site via arrest via the mail, right? So I had to send you a, a site to the prosecutor who then says, yep, there's probable cause. And then they send out the court paperwork to show up and then you don't show up and then you get a warrant and so on and so forth. So that changed. And then they changed laws where we can't pursue anybody unless it was a violent felony or a DUI. Please expand on that because when I tell people that my cop friends in Washington state tell me they can't chase bad guys with rare exceptions. People think I'm making it up. They can't really believe that it's a thing. So, and give a couple examples of pursuits that never happened because of this new insane law. Sure. So it had to be a serious violent felony or a sexual offense felony, or you believe the driver to be DUI. Other than that, you couldn't. So a DV like, Shelby smacked you across the face, like punched you. I, I'm DV. troubled by the example you keep using, but okay. And there's no well, history I, I there, right? Guys, I, I had to break you guys up at the at the family. Right, oh yeah, that's gosh. right. Yeah, Thanks, I was in my Keegan. my wife beat her tank top. I had about 17 uh, bush lights, and uh, yeah, no, it was awful. Was it was light. Ter- they were Bud Light. Don't don't stop. Oh yeah, don't lie. They were okay. It was Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm well, horrible. That's why you got smacked. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She was like, don't drink Bud Light around me. What are you? Anyway, never mind. We're getting off on a bad track here. 
But right, back we'll, to pursuit for DV. So Shelby smacks you across the face. <laughs> um, you guys are married, so then thus it creates a assault for domestic violence in that, the Puget Sound area. Every state's different. Every every uh, everybody has different law, different same crime, different names. So uh, we couldn't pursue you, and before we could, uh, and I get it. Don't you mean sh- pursue in- Shelby? She's the one that hit me. Yeah, but you're no, the nice one guy. who drank Bud Light. Yeah, I know. I had it coming. So, <laughs> so before we could pursue you, and I understand that pursuits are inherently dangerous, not only for cops, the the suspect, but also citizens who are surround who are going to be involved in that without their knowledge, right? Without their permission, whatever. So I get it. They're dangerous. People die. Citizens die. But when they changed that law to where we couldn't pursue that anymore, we had people. Um, like the, the day it went into effect, um, a fellow officer of mine stopped at a red light, a racer pulled up next to him, ran the red light. So then like, okay, we're going to stop. We're going to do a traffic stop. So they go through the traffic stop. They take off. The cops are like, oh, well, I can't pursue. So they pull over to let the guy, the racer know, hey, we're not pursuing you. You can stop driving like a, an idiot. What the racer did was awesome. He stopped also, turned around, did a couple of U-turns around the police car, and then took off. I'm like, what? How is that? I, I, I can't understand. Well, I can, and I'll get into that in a minute. Um, so that's one example. Of well, you can't happened. understand Another what? Example. Finish your sentence. Don't yeah. be a bad guest. Well, what it says to me is. Oh, I, I'm gonna, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll expand on that in a second, uh, what I was about to say. Sure. Um, but the, the other example, and this has happened multiple times, where we're in a pursuit with a dude or a girl, whatever, and they call 911 saying, you can't pursue us. That has happened several times. And I. And, <laughs> That also blows my mind that that one. And then so what I was going to say, and this will expand on that exact um, example. So I, I, I almost said I don't understand, but I actually do understand the, the people who are making these laws, specifically the, the, the representative from the federal way area, which is in, in between Tacoma and Seattle. When he when he introduced this no pursuit law, he has no idea what we do, what law enforcement does. And it, it always bothers me. It will always bother me. When people say stuff like, um, I, I, I understand what you're going through. No, you do not. If you have never been a cop, if you've never been a lawyer, if you've never been in the military, you do not know. I don't care how many movies you see, how many documentaries you watch, how many books you read. You, unless you've done the job, you physiolo- physiologically do not know anything about the job. You, you've never experienced it, so you have no idea what we're doing or what we, what we do. So that's why I think these guys... They're so out of touch. And the same thing with the gun industry when these so-called experts get up there and change laws. All they have is some people regurgitating stuff may or may not be true, and then they go, they run with it. And that's the problem we have with people who don't know or understand what we do, making laws to dictate what we do. Sorry, I went on a tangent. I apologize. That was a good one. That was, yeah. That was good. So t- take a drink of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Keegan got no wound up there, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So what's yeah so so the the representative in federal way you were talking about when he he you say you kind of yeah. do know what he had in mind when he introduced this bill I assume it was well, he I do. yeah so I, I I get it he's he's trying to help his constituents but the problem is is he's taking his emotion um, which these representatives shouldn't I, I get it everybody's emotional but what you have to understand is. When you dictate laws that restrict law enforcement, the criminal is going to use that restriction against the citizens and the law enforcement. So it's it's a double-edged sword. It's you either need to let us do our work, and then when we mess up, punish us. Um, but you can't restrict us. So then, thus, then we can't do our job. And when you do do stuff like that, all you do is is force cops not to work. I'll tell you that if it was up to legislators. Um, city council members and city attorneys, they would have law enforcement be just like firefighters. You don't leave the station unless you're unless somebody calls 911. Because, and I understand, I, I get it, we are a huge liability for the city because we are such a litigious society nowadays. I'm sorry, um, Glenn, but lawyers have ruined the country. Um, Not this lawyer. No, I know, I know. But what I'm, what I'm, what, what I mean by that is, we we have become a society where everything you do, you could get sued for. Yep. So, and that's why, and I get it. Law enforcement, everything we do, we come into a contact with someone, we can be sued for it, and so that's why 
uh, legislators and city council members and city attorneys don't want us to do um, our job. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and they passed some laws to prevent you from doing your job. I'm glad you gave folks detail about the no pursuit stuff um, because it is real. Well, um, tell us uh, about the the sort of raw numbers uh, of retirements, quitting and moving to rural places. I mean, what kind of effect has it had on your numbers? Sure. So I will. So in so I, I started keeping a, a list of people um, from middle of 2021 uh, of how many people we've lost. So in 2021, from June 1st until the end of the year, we lost 20 and we only gained four. And then 2022, we lost 18 and gained 16. This year, we've lost 12 um, and gained 13. So no, out of 11. how many, roughly, are we talking? What size department? Oh, uh, well, like a shoot. Depends on how you count it, I know. Yeah, 160, maybe. Okay. So About? Good chunks. So before we oh, dig yeah. down deep into those numbers, let me ask this. What does that do for police presence and scheduling? Sure. So you, so the national average is about 2.3, 2.4. I think that's like 2019 standard per 1,000 citizens. So in the area that I live, it's um, like two, no, like 220,000 people. And we have 160. I don't know what that turns out to. Maybe... I'm not good at math. <laughs> Never have been. So, but we are way we we are way below the the national average. And if you took the average in the entire state of Washington, we are still below the the average in Washington. So we can't hire fast enough because of the restrictions and the and the the outlook on law enforcement since 2020. Uh, and I don't think it'll I don't think it will recover until long after I retire, just because of the way society is today. Um, and the way people are raising their kids, kids, kids are raising kids nowadays. Um, and it, it's just, it, it's tough. So scheduling, um, when you have, uh, 20, you're supposed to have 20 people patrolling the streets and you only have seven. Think about that. 220,000 people being patrolled by seven people. That's not enough. No. Wow. And, what, and what happens is, is it gets prioritized from there. So, only this super, super serious, crazy things are being responded to. And like a simple assault, which can be a blow to the face, person on the ground bleeding, 911, you know, that is not going to get answered, right? Yeah, sure. So I'll take you Thursday. Thursday was my last day at work because I, I take vacation quite a bit nowadays that I'm older and it's As a young you man's game. And you're so, decrepit. Right. I am decrepit. Um, so on Thursday at changeover, so at 4 p.m. when we're when the day shift is leaving and the night shift is coming on, um, th- there was I think we had nine people working the day, and I think there was 10 people coming on, and we had a serious assault, a domestic violence assault, where the guy threw a TV and hit the lady in the mouth in the face with it and broke her jaw. So that's and, and, and he's refusing to leave the house, right? So now we have a critical incident in this portion of the city that's taken up all the entire day shift was there. And then you had, and then right at changeover, when the, when the night shift's coming on, we had uh, two guys get into a fight and one guy didn't like it. He was losing. So shot the other guy in the head uh, point blank. And, and he was loose in this apartment complex. So then all the night shift guys are on that. So what do you think is going to happen when the majority of people, almost all the people are in one part of the city handling one call and the majority or almost all of them are in the other part of the other portion of the city. Um, when we're supposed to have 20 in the day and 20 at night and there's half of each and then, and then a third incident happens. That's crazy. Who's going to that? Right. We and- have to call, you have to call in other jurisdictions. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. And that's, that's nationwide. I can only speak for the Puget Sound area and it's a hundred percent that way in the Puget Sound area. Um, but, when you don't, when you one don't have people who want to be police officers, um, and and or two, the the level of of people you are allowing to become police officers is so low. You've dropped the bar because you need people, 
that's a that's a twofold problem, and and that's what we're facing right now. Okay, and I know that's going to lead into a oh, whole yeah. can of worms that I want to talk about. Let me stop for a moment and give a wonderful shout out to our great sponsors. You can find all of our sponsors at our website, prepping2-zero.com. Click on Friends and Affiliates, and over there you will find Survival Garden Seeds. Yes, you can buy seeds now for the fall as well as get ready for spring. Katie Armour stands for Come and Take It Armour. Backwoods Home Magazine, Numana Foods, Minuteman Coffee, we might be drinking a little bit of that, EMP Shield, Gibbs Arms, great folks over there. And then, of course, Podcast Access. You'll yes. reach out to them and they'll help you with any of your podcast ideas or needs. Be like us. Having a podcast is easier than it sounds when you have podcast access. Well, so you were talking about just breaking it down like a typical Thursday um, and how this affects stuff. Um, it, you mentioned younger folks not wanting to be police officers. I'll tell a quick story. We have about two minutes before our hard break, and then we'll pick this up on the other side and give me your reaction to this. Um, And this was seven years ago. So I imagine this problem has become even worse since then. A friend of mine was an Olympia Police Department sergeant, and uh, he was telling a story. He he goes to a scene and, and a young, like early 20s rookie sort of cop was there. And the sergeant told the rookie, um, to to do traffic control. And the rookie cop said to the sergeant, no. And my friend said, I didn't have an answer for that because it never once occurred to me that I would need to have an answer for that situation. And this is a SWAT guy who's who plans out everything. And he never thought he would need to explain why it was necessary to follow the sergeant's uh, order. And I mean, what is it like with um, the younger guys? And, and and we'll probably end up talking about this on the other side because this is a big topic. What's it like with some of the younger cops? What's different about them than, say, your generation? So on the other side of the break, I'll give you two examples. But initially, um, where so we have a, a Kansas pool of 50 people and this whole DIE, the DIE program, the diversity, inclusion, equity, I don't say it the other way around because it needs to die. Um <laughs> is um, we had great candidates one through 20, but our, our administration is like, no, 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 we need to get more of this or that ethnicity or gender. Um, so we're gonna go down and get number 34, 35 and 50. And then they make it through the academy because the academy is a joke. Uh, well, no, I shouldn't say, that, I'm sorry. The academy builds the foundation. Um, so there's not a whole lot of people getting dumped out of the academy because it's strictly building the, the foundation. But then they get on the street and it's, it's, they were, you find out it, it was like they were, when we were kids playing cops and robbers or cowboys and Indians or guns or whatever, that's their mentality. So when they get in, they see this, they're like, oh my gosh, this isn't for me. And they bounce. And now we've wasted all this money and time and effort. Um, and on the other side of the break, I'll give you a couple examples of, um, the example you just gave. So, and we have a few more seconds. Um, What percentage of cops coming to you fresh out of the academy end up becoming cops after their field training uh, period? Just rough numbers. Half. Oh my goodness. And it never used to be like that. I, I remember, I mean, hearing stories from you guys, you know, most people made it through. It was just like a normal training thing. It wasn't like a weeding out, but there's no way to weed them out. Like actually having them on the street. Well, Shelby, why don't you take us yeah, out? Yeah, join us on the other side of the break for more from Keegan Williams. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. In a tactical situation, your AR is your life. Gibbs Arms makes a sweet feature, the only side charger that can use a standard bolt carrier group with no modification. Gibbs makes them in 9mm, 5.56, and 308. In fact, Gibbs Arms has been granted eight patents for unique innovations. The company started back in 2008 when two Boeing engineers realized no one else made what they wanted. Take a look at their website and see all the ways Gibbs Arms can help you mod your AR. Gibbs with a Z, arms.com. That's G-I-B-B-Z-A-R-M-S 
ProOne.com. Without water, you're done in three days. Pro One water filters. It's literally a matter of life and wet. Pro One G 2.0 all-in-one gravity systems are NSF ANSI 42 component certified. Not everybody can say that. No need for additional add-on filters to reduce fluoride. Pro One stainless gravity systems include a stainless steel spigot and a countertop stand for no additional cost. Pro One water filter gravity systems. Check them out at ProOneUSA.com. That's P-R-O-O-N-E-U-S-A.com. Most tested, most trusted. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or a CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself and save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love new mana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Thanks for rejoining us, folks. We're just getting started with our conversation with Deputy Keegan-Williams about the about policing during the collapse. But for even more, stick around for the after show, especially if you're a Patreon supporter. This, this is definitely one of those shows where we have more topic than time, and we're going to carry it over. Exactly. Well, speaking of police officers, they would be in the category of first responders, of course, along with firefighters and emergency medical personnel. There's a realtor out there who is a former first responder who specializes, he's built his entire real estate practice around first responders coming to Idaho. And so he gets what it's like to be a first responder and he understands some of the relocation needs that are specific to those folks. And he's in Idaho, which is a great state to relocate to. So. If you're a first responder, or even if you're not, and you're thinking about coming to Idaho, get a hold of Paul Burke. He is your Idaho realtor. He's on our website, prepping2-0.com, under the Friends and Affiliates tab. You can go to his website, which is First Response Realty, which is powered by Fathom Realty. So consider that our archive dive. This is where we go back and we look at some of our older episodes that are, to be honest, pretty doggone good. I mean, there's a lot of gold out there. And uh, episode 91, which aired July 2020, and it was an often described topic, but it is a fundamental one, friends and family during the collapse. It's the whole 
I'm coming to your house situation, which we all have to have an answer for. It's up there with water and uh, spiritual uh, preparedness as far as the important stuff. So really good stuff. Episode 91, highly recommended. Well, when we we came uh, up to the break, Keegan was going to tell us two examples of young cops and uh, how they're just a little bit different. If we may generalize, they're a little bit different than the older cops. Take it away, sir. You asked about how many people make it off, off of the FTO program. And I said 50%, um, about half. Um, it used to be that only about 20% would get cut uh, before when we were hiring quality uh, officers. It was because we hired quality officers that you'd have such a, a low uh, washout rate. But now, I mean, it's obviously changed because we're hiring people that who should never be cops. So the two examples I'll give you, one example was a couple years ago, 21 maybe, late 20, where we were doing a felony stop on um, a carjacking suspect. And when you, when you get everybody out of the car, you got to go up there and clear it, right? And so this student officer, it wasn't my student officer, it was another one. The sergeant told that person, okay, we're going to go forward and clear the car. And this person said, no, I'm not going forward. What? Um, yeah, yeah. And I actually, standing behind this officer, had to move forward and nudge this officer forward. And it was like, it was like you're telling your little kid to go pick up a toy and you push them in the back and they, and they, as you push them in the back, they're leaning back against you. Right. It was just, it was mind boggling that now obviously this person got fired, but that was the, I think the light bulb that went off to all of us were like, what is going on? Why are, why, why is this person even hired? And now fast forward to right now, um, we have an officer who's about to make it off the FTO program. FTO, by the way, is field. What does that stand for? Let people know what that is. Uh, so FTO is a field training officer. I'm an FTO. I, I train the new guys coming out of the academy. But the FTO program, you have FTO students and FTO officers or FTO instructors. And so right now, this person's about to make it off the FTO program. Uh, and there's a couple reasons why. But even before this person went to the academy, they said, yeah, I will never be first person in the door because I have a kid. And I, we're like, wait, what? <laughs> you're not, you're not going to go in first because you, what about my kids? Are my yeah. kids just less important? And as soon as I asked that question, I'm like, well, of course, my kid's more important than your kid. But I, did, I had already opened the door. But uh, it, it blew me away that you joined a profession where your job is to protect the citizens uh, regardless of what people say about your cops aren't legally obligated to protect citizens, whatever, bull crap. That's, that's legal jargon, bull crap. My job, regardless if I like it or not, regardless if my family likes it or not, is to step in front of someone who's about to die. And if that means I'm going to die, then, well, that means I'm going to die. I, I signed that check ahead of time when I was in the military and the special operations community. And I've done this job for that job and this job for now almost 30 years. Um, that's who I am. That's who I was born and bred to be. Um, and so if you're joining this profession, know that either you're stepping in front of a citizen who's an upstanding citizen who's about to die and you're about to protect that person, or even so, you're about to step in front of a bag who's about to die, but he's still under your purview. So if you can't do that, leave. And this person that said that is just about to make it off the FTO program and join a crew, and that person has a... Yeah, I don't know if they make it off probation because there's a year of probation afterwards, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. But that's the type of people that we're hiring now because they have a different color skin or they're a different gender or they swing the bat both ways. I don't know, man. It blows my mind that we have administration and city officials who are allowing this stuff to happen nationwide. And not only is it bad because you've got cops that aren't willing to go through a door, which in and of itself is bad enough. I think the other horrible thing about this is the effect it has on the morale of everybody else. Guys like you are like, hey, chief, why don't you, you know, create policies so that we can have good, hardworking cops in place instead of me now having to worry about this guy or woman, doesn't matter what it is. You know what I mean? It's a terrible effect on morale. It's awful leadership, but that chief politically cannot do what the rank and file officers want him or her to do. Did I encapsulate that well? Yes. I think that the underlying issue with that is chiefs are not in the police unions. Well, I, well let me rephrase that. In the Puget Sound area, I don't know about the East Coast. That might be a different story. But where I'm at, in the Puget Sound, chiefs or sheriffs are not in the union. 
and so they're not safe. So they have to play that political game. As much as it bugs us, they don't have a choice. Right. If they don't kowtow to the mayor, they're fired. So if you had the cheaper sheriff in the union, where then now they have some protection, they might be able to say back to the mayor, no, we're not doing that, and this is why. Uh, and we, I have an example of that, too, where we had a couple officers who arrested a domestic violence suspect, and um, before they went hands-on with this person, the, one of our officers and deputies were by themselves, and the dude kept backing up. And now, mind you, if I'm gonna, if me and Shelby are coming at you, your, your first instinct should be to have something behind you so that way we can't cir circle around you, right? Yes. Because you and I are gonna get on opposite sides and, and then arrest you, right? Well, this dude was smart enough to back up against a fence, so now now we can't get to this person, right? And then that person kept diving his hands in his pockets, and the officer's like, officer said, take your flipping hands out of your pockets. And then the guy said something, and then the deputy responded with, I don't give a flip, right? Those were the two cuss words the guy used. And then we went not in. Not really, the not the word grip. flip, but we know what you're saying. Correct. And then, and then another officer showed up, and they did the habeas grabbers, the polyester pilot, the pig pilot, however you want to talk about it. <laughs> um, and they arrested him. Um, and it was, it was prior to, it was a couple months before George Floyd. Um, and they didn't put knees on the back of the neck. They put knees on the shoulder blades and the other one had an, an arm that I can't explain over the phone how he got it. Cause it's a wrestling move or whatever, but he was detained. And then other officers showed up and they, they put him in cuffs and they put him in the back of the car. That, that use of force was approved by the Sergeant and then the commander and then the training staff and then the uh, deputy chief and then the chief. So everything was good. A couple months later, George Floyd happens. Um, and then that somebody got a hold of that video and sent it to the local newspaper. And then oh, now there's this big thing because the George Floyd thing. So everything gets amplified. And the chief said, no, that's, that's a bad use of force. When you just said it was a good use of force a couple months ago. And then went to the city council in a meeting and did not support the, the deputies. So... Wow. That, that's, that's a problem. So just watch your language when you're dealing with people that might kill yeah, you. Quit I using guess I, I maybe, learned my yeah, lesson. Quit using maybe yeah. language. Jeez. I mean, don't don't say flip when you mean something else. No, that's not the point. Okay. No, this is good. You know, and we said this uh, in between segments off air. One of the things is that people out there, people listening, they don't get to hang out with a guy like you and hear this stuff. And they don't know what it's really like to be a cop. You can't get it from TV. You've got to hear these stories. And so we love these stories. They're very illuminating and all of that. Well, we're going to go now into, well, oh, maybe we're not. Can I, I another point to this? And I, and I just, if we can get it, because you do want to go into Patreon questions. So we're talking about the diversity hiring practices. So we have yeah. that as a, a shot against trying to get good quality people who want to be a police officer and want to. And to be clear, it's elevating unqualified right. people. There are obviously qualified people of all Absolutely. shapes and yeah, colors. Exactly. We all know this. I, mean, I just wanted to be clear. Well, one of the conversations that we had during our event when you were there, Keegan, is the whole um, not only is, is that practice of seeking out those specific candidates to check boxes, but then the quality of candidates that are being hired. I remember a conversation that went, we used to hire A and B plus quality people. Now we're hiring C minus and D pluses. Can you give us a quick short commentary on that? Yeah, correct. And, I'll, and then after I get done talking about that, I want to, I'd love to talk about the training aspect of what we're forced to do now. So anyway, um, yeah, we used to, and I, I gave that example a little bit ago about, um, you know, we have a list of 20 or 30, 50 people, um, and we when we were going after the, the top 10, the top 20 people, right? Mm -hmm. um, but now we are we are forced to, since they're everybody in the, in the, in the Puget Sound is so short on officers that um, now you have, now we're given bonuses, like entry level persons getting 25, 30, $50,000 sign on bonus just to get people in the door. So, so now you, you're having people who want to be cops because of the money instead of the job. Um, and we all know that money is a motivator. And so you have these people like, uh, I want to be, I want to, you know, I want to do computer, computer engineering or whatever. But wait a minute. I can get $50,000 just to be a cop. So they'll walk in the door, not know anything not, and be like a, a beta male or a beta female, uh, or even a Charlie male, a Charlie female. <laughs> 
when we want the alpha male, alpha female to be officers, because that's who you need, because that's who you're dealing with on the street. Um, but that, that's the problem is it's all motivated mm-hmm. about money or it's, or we have recruiters that are going out to these hiring events and specifically targeting people who never wanted to be a police officer or a deputy and, and trying to entice them when if we shouldn't be going after people who have no, no intention of being cops, go after people who want to be cops, go to the military, go to like, um, sporting events, sporting events where you have alpha males and alpha females who maybe have that, um, inclination or go to professors who are like, Hey man, who are your, uh, criminal justice students yeah. or Hey man, go to the law schools and, and or whatever, Wh- whatever it happens to be, seek out the alpha male, alpha female, because the betas and Charlie's are not where it's at. You're going to get there destroyed you eventually. There you go. So one of the, your underlying question to begin with, um, Mr. Glenn was what's transition, what's changed between 19 and now. One of the things was training after the George Floyd, there was this big thing about, we need to train officers and de-escalation and all this other stuff. Right. <clears throat> so now we're getting all this unnecessary training that takes time and away from us being on the street. And my, my biggest complaint is why do, why is it when something happens, the law enforcement needs to be trained when the citizen citizenry needs to be trained. And an example of that is um, in a, one of the towns in my County uh, that, that butts up against the, the mountains, city uh, Enumclaw said um, they have a group of like five to nine juveniles that are constantly stealing cars. And these guys are constantly being arrested by either us or, or Enumclaw. And the, the King County juvenile will not take these people. And so now we have to bring them back to their, to their parents. They must that they're, we're arresting their kids. So you tell me, do we need to be educated or do the citizenry need to be educated? Exactly. Exactly. So, Wow. Instead of uh, no pursuit laws, we ought to have uh, parenting laws like parenting classes. I, you have, you have eight, sir or ma'am, you have 18 years to raise your kid after 18 years. I don't need to need to raise your kid anymore. <laughs> so let's get into Patreon questions yes. because we have so many, and then this will take us into the after show. If you're a regular show listener, you're missing out on a ton of good stuff. Um, Patreon's going to ask questions. And I put up a post, golly, a while ago. It was September 9th. I well, said, ask it, questions for Keegan. Let me just say this too. We meant to do this show like yeah. way back then. And then remember those technical difficulties yeah. that we had? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We, anyway. So our first question is from Stu B, who has been a Patreon since June 2022. Thank you, Stu. And he spells it like the meaty, delicious soup, not short for Stuart. Stuart. Anyway, he says, and this is kind of the central reason people are tuning in, to be very honest. So I'm glad we got to it in the regular show. How many police will respect Second Amendment rights? What is your opinion, Keegan, on this? And how many will follow orders against patriots? Huge topic. Uh, so you, you're, you're obviously going to have people who, who initially – will follow the, the, the orders, right? And when I say follow the orders, I'm, I'm saying like, um, hey, we're gonna go around uh, collecting guns from people because the, the man says so. You'll have a bunch, probably the overwhelming majority, and I'm only speaking for my department and the, the people who I know in other departments um, and county, um, that will say pound sand, I'm not doing that. That's against the constitution. I don't, you, you're, you, that's, that's a no go. That's a, that's a red line. I'll walk away. I'll, I'm going on admin leave, whatever. Um, that's not going to happen. Then you'll have some of them are like, crap, man, this is my paycheck. This is how I feed my family. I'm a, I'm a sole provider of my family. And that's going to be, that's going to be very, very hard for them, um, to get over. And I understand it, man, when you have a single income family and you are the sole provider of your family, and you have a wife and kids, you tell me what am I supposed to quit and go do what I've done this job. Let's say I've done this job. There's a guy I know that, that wrestles with things like this. I don't think he does really, but he outwardly, he talks about this stuff Uh, and he's been a cop for I think between 12 and 15 years, I think. And he's a sole provider, great Christian man. And he, uh, we talk about that and I'm like, okay, so the guy's done this for 12 to 15 years. This is all he's done. He was in the infantry before like five or six years. And now he's done this. You tell me what he's supposed to do. All he knows is, Infantry grunt work that does not coinc- that does not transfer over to the civilian world, and now he's been a cop for 12 to 15 years. What's he supposed to do? Go work at McDonald's? Okay, yeah. cool. That's not going to provide for his family. But anyway, I digress. So 
um, you're going to have the majority, the overall majority say, no, pound sand, put me on admin leave, I'm not doing it. Um, then you'll have a couple that are like my friend. Um, and you might have onesie twosies that will initially try to do it, but when they figure out that they're the only person doing it, then they'll stop. Um, I don't believe, uh, and I'm speaking only for the, the Puget Sound area. Um, I don't know any deputy or officer. I don't know about troopers cause I don't talk to triple with the badge, the trooper guys, the troopers, <laughs> but, um, I don't know anybody who will follow through with it. I know we had one guy who was very far left officer, but he retired in June of 2021. Um, thankfully, but no, none, zero. I don't know anybody. I've never, I've never experienced besides that one officer who now is not a cop anymore. He retired. I don't know anybody who will follow through with that. Not a one, not, not a single one that will go door to door, um, confiscating guns. I think this is crucial for listeners to hear because some of our listeners have planned on, I think maybe preemptively going after the police because they assume all police will follow these orders and you don't want to do that because I I love it when people say that stuff, man, it just, it blows me away that people actually think, and it's, and it's, I mean, every, I'll say the prepper community or whatever you want to talk about. Some, some of the prepper community are anti-authority. I get it. Do you, do you guy, girl, whatever. I don't really care. But it, it just amazes me that people think that the cops are the bad guys. It's, it's awesome to me that they, they make these comments because when, when someone steals your car and I, I, my question to that person is, okay, investigate who stole your car. Let me know how that works out. What resource do you have? There's Good no app for that. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, but go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Um, I, I get it that the, that there's a there's a part of the community that is anti-authority, but to believe that the that the law enforcement when game day happens, if you really believe that the cops are going to be out there um, being the boot, the bootlickers, whatever you want to call them, us, whatever, um, when game day happens, I'm not at work anymore. I'm at home protecting my family and my um, mutual assistance group. That's what I'm doing. I'm not at work. And uh, almost everybody I talk to are not going to be at work either. And that's, and you just hit on it. And I want to amplify that when, you know, when things get spicy, however you want to say it, the least of your, I, I mean, triage the information you have in front of you. Yes. The least of your worries or should at least be at the very bottom end is worrying about what police officers are doing in light of what King, especially in light of what Keegan just said, because police officers treat it the same way. The least of their concerns is going around and, and confiscating guns and they will prioritize their, their, you know what I mean? So police officers, if they're going to respond to something, I mean, look what's happening now. They're responding to what's glaring in front of them and then they get an order to go confiscate guns. What are they going to do? Right. And that's what's practically happening now. So yeah, I would say the same to, to our prepping community friends, like, there's so many other things to worry about. Yeah. Don't get emotional. Yeah. And, and yeah. Observe the facts right. and make rational decisions and don't go off of presuppositions because you right. watched some movies or some TV shows. I mean, th- this is a point when, in, in, when you're in a crisis in which your decisions can have life or death consequences. That's the time to take emotion and preconceived notions out of it. By the way, speaking of, don't watch cop shows with Keegan. I did that once. Yeah, it's, that's it's not, not pretty. <laughs> um, that was hard. Yeah, that was really hard to do that. <laughs> Why don't you elaborate? You you brought up a topic, and this will be covered in some of the Patreon questions, but we might as well get to it now, especially in the regular show, to give regular show listeners some meat. You mentioned you're, you know, when when game day, I think is how you put it, kicks off. You're going to be with your family. Describe that and discussions you've had with fellow officers, because this goes hand in hand with the question of will the police be out en masse, um, you know, violating people's civil rights and stealing all their stuff and taking their guns. So going go into the, the whole family first issue, because this, again, is something people need to hear from a real live cop who's no liberal by any means. I mean, this is the best source of information you're going to get. So and, and it's in a, in a Puget Sound region where if there's going to be left wing authoritarianism, it's going to be there. So given all that, talk about family first. 
So, I mean, I mean, yes. Like, like I said before, my job is to go out and protect the public. That is my job. That, that is what I've devoted my life to nationally when I was in the military and locally now for the last 18 years. So, um, but I, but I say that with a caveat, my family comes first. Yes. I'll put my life, my life on the line. And then my family knows that they're very well aware that I will give my life to protect. That's, that's what, that's what I think I was born for. That's what God had planned for me is to protect. And if, and if he says you're going to step in front of that tweaker, because that's what I want you to do. That, well, that's what I'm going to do. Regardless if my family doesn't like it or not, that's my job. But the caveat to that is I do my job to provide for my family. And when game day happens, and and mind you, I'll be one of those I'll be one of those deputies who go go to work until the until the last possible moment because that's my job. And I think a lot of us a lot of us deputies and cops will do the same thing. We're we're not going to like like COVID is a perfect example, right? <clears throat> the 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 whole Peter Sound, well, the whole the whole country went to hell in a handbasket, right? But, the, but in the Puget Sound, um, it, it the place was a ghost town. The people, only people going to work were the quote unquote essential people. Um, so a, a lot of us were like walking around wearing masks, wearing gloves. Cause we're like, what the, what is this? Cause nobody knew, right? There was a lot of speculation. There was a lot of rumors. There was a lot of garbage talk here and there, but nobody really knew. Right. And if you watch the movie contagion, that's what everybody was thinking. Well, in my circle, my area, that's what people were thinking. We're like, oh my gosh, how bad is this really, right? Because you have you have both sides of the government saying that it's this or it's that, and then you have all the conspiracy theories, theories saying this or that. I mean, if there was so much information and disinformation being pushed out and, and to, to everybody that you, you couldn't follow the truth. Right. You didn't know what was true and what was lie. So we were all we were all on edge. Everybody was on edge. Citizens and law enforcement. Everybody's on edge. So. Um, we were that that we were we were pretty close. I think we were pretty close. Well, the closest we've ever been, I should say, to just saying, you know what, I'm not coming to work anymore. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go to work, catch this, whatever it was, bring it home, and kill my entire family. Yeah. and my in-law. Right. So, I, to answer your question, um, we are not going to go out. There was no looting. Cops didn't go out pulling people over for no reason. The only I'll say the only people we harassed. <laughs> were the stupid racers in the middle of the night racing around. Yep. That's the only people we harassed. Other than that, we only went to nine and one calls, which is what the city wants. But um, in, in a disaster or leading up to it, leading up to the collapse, right, is what I should say, because that's really what we all prep for, right? Um, leading up to the collapse, the actual collapse, we're going to be at work. We're going to be doing our jobs. We're going to be responding to nine and one calls. Now, mind you, Leading up to the collapse, we might not be patrolling or be proactive as much because we're trying to decide whether or not we're going to be mm -hmm. at work or or whatever. And then when the balloon goes up, we'll be like, when all the cops start getting killed for no reason, like, see you, man. My family's first. Now, you, you've you done crossed the line to there there is no civility. And, and if there's no civility, nine people for 220,000 is not going to change it. It's not worth my life. Now, I'm going back to protect my family. And we hate to cut you off. That's a great note to cut you yeah. off on, though. Oh, my gosh. More Patreon comments in the after show. So, folks, remember, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Hey, Benjamin Franklin. Have a great week, everyone. Adios. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.